Yes, there is nothing new under the sun. This is my second attempt tonight, folks, at getting this show out. For some reason that I've yet to find out, um, this Focusrite box tends to shut its sound off. Microphone sound, that is. And so I sit here and babble for the last 45 minutes. That includes watching a video, of course, but... Um, and then realize that my mic isn't working, so it's working now. So anyway, um, <laughs> I wish I could listen to the other show so I could remember what I said, but, um, oh yeah. Okay. Well, that's what we started off with folks. Um, there's a football game today and a player named Damar Hamlin was um looks like he made a tackle and um he tackled the guy and or he was tackled i can't remember which and when he got up he staggered and then fell back down and they had to call out um uh, the emergency squad to come out and uh give him cpr now cpr is usually given when the heart stops okay remember that always remember that cpr is given when the heart stops and you have no pulse not when you get hit hard and you get knocked out, but when you have no pulse. Okay. So they came out and they took him to the hospital, and I don't know if he's going to be okay or not. Now, you know, when I've watched, I've watched these things for months now where you get um, a guy over in Europe playing soccer, and, you know, that's a really intense sport. I mean, there's a lot of running in soccer, um, which is one of the reasons why it was never one of my favorite sports. I'm not a runner. Um but, uh, so, you know, their heart is constantly probably beating at 150, 160 beats a minute the whole time they're playing the game. And, and so it's churning and pumping and everything else. So if there are clots in there, I can see the reason why the clots would move to the heart and stuff like that. Football, you know, it is quite an intensive game, but there's a lot more hitting and um, uh, colliding and everything else with football than there is running, as far as I've been able to ascertain. I've been watching it for 50 years. Um, but um, that having been said, getting hit does not make your heart stop, okay? It just doesn't happen. So what I'd like to do real quick is offer up a prayer for, um, I don't do this very often, but for DeMar Hamlin and... Um, for him and his family and stuff like that. So, Father, in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we we come to you now and we lift up our hearts and our hands to you, Father. And we ask you to that you would act in behalf of uh, DeMar Hamlin and that you would, if he's still alive, Father, that you would just bring him back to life and that you would cause all blood clots to remove from his blood uh, miraculously. And that there would be something in um, Damar that would be like a miracle cure that um, they'll be able to find and use for everyone that's taken that stupid kill shot, Father. Now, I don't know if this is because of the shot, but it sure, Father, seems like like all the others that have died from it. You know, alive one minute and down on the ground and dead the next. And um, so we ask you ask, act in his behalf and also that you would have vengeance on him, on, on those who have um, put forward this shot as being safe and effective. And that you would, Father, in Yeshua's holy name, that you would cause them to get some kind of malady or something that they would um, experience the same kind of fate as so many of those who have taken the shot. So, Father, we come to you and we pray these things, and also his family, Father, um, DeMar's family, that you would just um, be with them in this time of sorrow and grief, and that you would uh, use this this whole event, Father, for your glory, in whatever way that will be, in your glory, Father, in Yeshua's holy name, amen and amen. Okay, so... Oh, it's so nice to see that little light blinking down there and knowing that I'm actually not just, you know, that'd be pretty good. Maybe I can do a show for mimes. <laughs> okay, just kidding. Um, so we were, I was talking earlier about, um, and I will talk again, about uh, 
Marburg. And, and the videos we're about to watch, you're going to notice, especially the first one we watch, um, they're going to come out categor categorically state that uh, Marburg and other diseases like COVID-19 are not viruses, that they're, they're bacterial, which is what I've been saying all along. Now, folks, when, when COVID-19 started going out or coming out and going along, and um, we had certain doctors that were prescribing uh, either ivermectin or, or um, hydroxychloroquine with um, amoxicillin, of all things, okay? Now, if you look at those three drugs, what are they used for? Well, um, hydrochloroquine is used for, um, it's, uh, it's an anti-malarial. A lot of times you'll, you'll get some pills, hydrochlor hydrochloroquine pills when you go overseas, especially to Africa or Southeast Asia, uh, where malaria is quite prone or quite evident and you're prone to get it. And um, it protects you against that, okay? And uh, ivermectin is the same way. It's an antiparasitic, okay, just like the uh, hydroxychloroquine, um, except that the ivermectin is used for worms and stuff like that, intestinal parasites and also some other parasites, uh, worms within the body. Um, so, and amoxicillin is an anti um, antibiotic, uh, takes care of bacteria. Okay, some, some uh, antibiotics kill bacteria, others kind of seal it off so it can't um, replicate. And the first one is anti, um, okay, I'm gonna remember this. <laughs> And one of them is antiseptic, and the other one is um, bacteriostatic, okay? Bacteriostatic means it interferes with the, the rejuvenation cycle of the bacteria. They can't, they can't uh, split and become other bacteria. And the other one means it kills. Bactericidal means it kills um, the bacteria outright. Um, so... We were always taught in nursing school and in pharmacy school when I went to pharmacy tech school that it's very important to remember that you can't use a bacterial, antibacterial, to fight a virus. And you can't use an antiviral to fight a bacterial infection. They're two different animals, okay? Two entirely different animals, okay? So COVID-19 comes out. And, well, let me tell you a story. <laughs> um, I used to work as a pharmacy tech back in the early 90s. Um, in a, I first worked in a psychiatric hospital, and then I worked in a, um, a closed-door. Uh, actually, no, it wasn't closed-door. It was a retail pharmacy that had a closed-door section to it where we did uh, nursing homes and board and cares, what have you. And um, so... Um, it was there were two guys that I worked for. They're really neat, <laughs> and, and equally two people I worked for that were really horrible. <laughs> uh, those two people were the guy's wife, uh, the owner's wife, and his son. But the owner himself and his his uh, partner, um, who used to own another pharmacy, closed it down, and then they merged. Uh, they were really good to work for. Really nice old guys, you know, salt of the earth, and. Um, but the, uh, the other one who had merged with our pharmacy, you know, the minute you came in and you had the sniffles, he did, are you sick? Uh, you know, a lot of people had allergies in the central Valley of California, you know, no, I got allergies. So are you sure you got allergies? You're not sick. No, I'm not sick. But if you were sick and you walked in, he'd, he'd count out, uh, let's see, what was it? Four a day for 10 days. So that's 40, 40 amoxicillin, 500 milligram capsules. Okay, and you were to start taking them immediately. Now, these guys are dead, so the government can't come um, after them unless you, they have some kind of retroactive anti-death uh, law or something. I don't know, um, which I don't think they have. It'd be kind of hard. <laughs> um, unless you had the Witch of Endor working for you and she could call them up, you pass sentence, and then you let them go back down. Um, anyway... Um, so he started on antibiotics. Now, it, the thing is that if it was a flu or a cold, which are supposed to be viruses, right? Viruses, viri, 
the antibiotic knocked them out, okay? A lot faster than they would go by, away by their own, okay? Which proved to me something that the cold bug and the flu bug are not viruses because antibiotics kill them. Um, I don't doubt that there are viruses, but I don't think the cold, the flu, um, and other different maladies are viruses. Anyway, so COVID-19 comes around, okay? They started ordering hydroxychloroquine and um, amoxis, or Zithromax, that's right, Zithromax, which is kind of a, an amoxicillin. It's a, uh, it's actually, it's um, an erythromycin derivative. Um that and hydrochloroquine or ivermectin. So what are these used for? Hydrochloroquine is an anti-malarial. They give it to you a lot of times before you go overseas to Vietnam or, well, we don't go there anymore, that's right. Um, Southeast Asia, Southeast um, China, anywhere where malaria is, Africa for sure, and South America. And um, so they give that for that. And ivermectin is an anti-parasitic um, too. It takes more care of more like worms, intestinal worms and stuff like that. But it's still, it's, it's useful for COVID-19. Go figure, right? And again, Zithromax, which is an erythromycin. Um, but they're fighting a virus. How is that? The only way that could be is if COVID-19 was not a virus. Okay. If I think it's some kind of weird concoction of a, a parasitic with a, um, what do you call it, a bacteria that in many ways acts like a virus, okay? Now, back in uh, the early parts of this, uh, well, the 20th century, back in the early 1900s, they had a little skirmish over in Europe called World War One, And uh, American troops didn't end up going over there till later on in the war, and, of course, we're credited with having ended, helped to end the war. But um, so what was happening is there was a guy in uh, somewhere in the Midwest. Man, I wish I could remember where he was. He was in one of the, what was it, Fort Campbell, Kentucky, or I don't know, Fort Knox, Tennessee. I, I don't know, one of the bigger, bigger bases back in the Midwest. And he was experimenting with uh, uh, an anti-meningococcal. Or you you know meningitis, um, and uh, so he he got this vaccine that seemed to be pretty effective. So, but the thing is, it required three inoculations. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Um, like the first shot, the second shot, and a booster. Uh, but I don't think that was the case. But it's just ironic. <laughs> but um, anyway, so he starts inoculating these guys. Well, pretty soon the government says, hey. Some of you guys are going overseas tomorrow, okay? And they didn't get their either third shot or their second and third shot, which would have made them totally immune to men, men, meningitis, supposedly. And uh, so they go over to Europe, and they come down with this bad infection, and they start they spread it. It goes through um, England. It goes through France. It jumps the battle lines and hits the Germans and... Um, and all the countries that were fighting Italy, you know, it was a worldwide pandemic. And um, but it wasn't necessarily a flu bug, um, and it wasn't from Spain. Spain, okay. <laughs> I don't, I don't know where that came from. I think maybe a lot of the soldiers on their way back stopped in Spain or something. That's where it came from. Anyway, it's that's immaterial. But um, so then it gets back to the United States and it starts spreading like wildfire in this country. My own great grandmother lost two of her siblings in this uh, because of uh, what was dubbed the Spanish flu. Okay. So anyway, uh, in this video we're going to watch, you're going to see that they're going to talk about um, COVID-19. They're going to talk about Ebola, about um, uh, Marburg and how they don't think it's a virus. Um, so what's happened in effect is that, in, in my eyes, in my estimation, this is my opinion, I hear everybody on YouTube saying that anymore. So I'll say it, I guess. I don't see anything wrong with it. Anyway, it's my opinion, and most probably the truth, that's what I'm going to put out there, is that... Um, 
oh, that this um, this thing that may, may be going around pretty soon is um, is being put out there for this express reason that COVID nineteen injections have killed the um, what do we call it the protection that so many people have had for or everybody has uh but the ones that have taken the the injection um their immune system is about dead okay and or severely severely wounded and um so if ebola or more more like um marburg were to go around it's not as you got to remember in undeveloped countries, Marburg is 88% deadly, okay? So almost 9 out of 10 people die from it. Think about that, 9 out of 10. Um, yeah, that's kind of scary, isn't it? So I think, though, in, in the more developed countries like uh, in Europe or Western Europe, maybe Eastern, um, possibly Russia, uh, the United States, Canada, maybe Mexico, um, that our countries that are more third, uh, first world, I know Mexico is probably a, a two plus uh, leading to a, a, a number one, but anyway, um, that the survival rate would be greater. So let's just say that it's 50%. That's five out of 10 people dying. It's still a lot. Okay. And it's five too many out of 10. And so, but it's probably going to be higher because the immune system has been destroyed in so many people. So it could be eight or maybe nine, eight point seven or nine out of ten um, people that'll succumb to it. And wouldn't this fit into the the elites into their agenda so well? Agenda twenty thirty of of uh, killing off um, three quarters of or nine tenths of the world, so only five hundred million are left. Now, if you look at Scripture, that doesn't really seem to jive with Scripture that much, although Scripture does say that a bunch of people are going to die. There's going to be two events that knock out people uh, during that time, uh, at least two. And um, let's just put it two major events that are going to knock out people. There's going to be a whole bunch of small events uh, that haven't been said. Uh I don't think this is, I, I, in other words, I don't think we're in the tribulation period yet, okay? Um, we don't have a world leader that's running around saying, you must worship me. Or We came really close to having the mark of the beast, but uh, that didn't really pan out yet. Um, so the, the plan of getting rid of all the people that they want, or many of the people that they want to get rid of might actually happen. And uh, thank you to the wonderful soul that blew up the um, Georgia Guidestones because those were an offense to every living human being, except for those elites that it doesn't really care about or mention or have to do with. Um, so anyway, you know, I've ragged on long enough here. So uh, what I'm going to do is go ahead and play this first video. This is by um, Stu Peters, and I like Stu Peters a lot, folks. I think he's awesome. Uh, he's got a great, great blog talk show. And, um, I mean, I can only hope to, if I, I'm 64 now, so if I lived another 20 years, by the time I'm 84, maybe I'd have a show that's on par with him back in this time. Um, and, you know, Lord give him longevity so that he, in 20 years he is still on and, and doing things. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I'd like to give credit where credit's due. And he's interviewing this lady, and uh, she's quite knowledgeable about uh diseases and pathology so uh so check this out and then we'll look at another one and then there's a third one we're going to look at that's got the same guy that starts out in the first one but it goes a lot longer and then we'll uh end up with professor cahill okay so let's go ahead and now that i have my sound on and i'm practicing deja vu for the last 20 minutes or so here we go How would they start this pandemic of Marburg without actually spreading it? Quite simple. They've already started it. The vaccines, injuries that we're seeing at the moment from COVID vaccines include bleeding and clots, which are very similar to hemorrhagic fever. 
when they give the booster shots to the people in the nursing homes and the hospitals who are prisoners and to the children who will be in close contact in schools, they will cause further bleeds and clots, which will appear as hemorrhagic fever. They will test with their new PCR test. They will say that it's Marburg. This will explain the excess deaths that we're seeing in hospitals for them. It will be a cover-up. They will say that deaths in the hospital are not due to um, COVID vaccine injuries. They're due to Marburg. Now, days after Guinea confirmed the death of a person infected with the Marburg virus, the World Health Organization, WHO, says about 100 contacts have been identified so far. WHO Director General Tedros Ghebreyesus at a press briefing clarified that although Marburg is a very different virus from the coronavirus, many of the elements of response are the same, including isolation, tracing and quarantining their contacts. The Ministry of Health of Guinea informed WHO of a case of Marburg virus disease in the country's southwest in a man who died eight days after onset of symptoms. This is the first known case of Marburg in West Africa. WHO and our partners are supporting Guinea's Ministry of Health to investigate the source of the outbreak, trace contacts and inform the local community about how to protect themselves. There is no licensed vaccine for Marburg, although there are vaccines under development. And WHO is working with our partners to seek opportunities to assist them during this outbreak through the R&D blueprint for epidemics. Dr. Love says that Johnson & Johnson's vaccines trigger mass sterility and include components of Ebola and the Marburg virus. In Dr. Love's words, they aren't simply pretending to fight this pandemic. They're deliberately paving the way for the next one, which will be far deadlier. It's all quite a lot to take in. So we have Ariana Love here to describe her discoveries in more detail. Thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me back, Stu. So we're beginning to hear a lot more about this Marburg virus. And I want to get there, but I'm interested in your assertion about the COVID injection, injections. Did I get that right? Are there is there Ebola virus in these shots? Yes, they're trans. They're using Ebola and Marburg. Um, basically, okay. There was a shocking discovery from the Stockholm University. They did a, um, a scientific study that revealed that the spike proteins they're penetrating the cells of the vax, reaching the cell nuclei, and uh, disabling the uh, cell's ability to repair DNA. And this is, this is huge. Um, this is by no accident, though. These COVID vaccines are deleting genes responsible for DNA repair forever in humans. The, um, the U.S. patent 201-400-17278 is the adenovirus 26 and 35 filovirus. These vaccines code your cell with Ebola and Marburg spike proteins. This is in the J&J &J vax. So these vaccines are deleting the E1, E3, and E4 genes, in, and it's mentioned that's mentioned in the patents. So through my research, I found that, that the deletion of these genes induces AIDS. It causes blood coagulation, thrombosis, and clotting. So Johnson & jo Johnson is using the adenovirus 26 vector, which deletes the E1 gene in humans, also known as chromosome X. The E1 gene is required for the repair of damaged DNA. Without it, your cells will literally self-suicide, and that is AIDS. They are inducing AIDS. Doubly vaccinated 40 to 79-year-olds have lost 44% of their immune system capability. Their immune systems are deteriorating at around 5% per week. Correct. If this continues, then 30 to 59-year-olds will have zero COVID viral defense and perhaps a form of AIDS by Christmas. And all double vaccinated people over 30 years of age will have completely lost the part of their immune system that tackles COVID-19 by January of 2022. That is devastating. They're deleting the E1 gene causing embryonic lethality. That means permanent sterility. 
It causes a lack of oxygen in the blood as well, which leads to rapid cancer growths. So we can expect that. Um, people who take this vaccine will have a lifelong a, a, a life of chronic uh, illness and neurological dysfunction, chronic infections and disabilities, and anything if, that has to do with the nervous system dysfunction. Then there's another patent, U.S. Um, Patent 1069417 is the human adenovirus 5 vector, and it, it contains the E1, E2B gene deletion, and that's in the patents. So this is used by Sinovax and maybe other vaccines. I'll have to research it deeper, but it encodes the cells with the Ebola spike protein. And, accor and according to the animal studies, the deletion of the E2B gene causes sterility in males. The adenovirus 5 vector, it enters and targets the bronchial epithelial cells, which is the lungs, deleting the E3, E4 genes to intentionally create long-term autoimmunity, which is AIDS. Um, the deletion of the E3 gene, it degenerates the brain, it, it um, induces dementia, it, it causes gradual loss of memory and judgment and the ability to function, which is also known as prion. What well, can you tell us they about this Marburg? This Marburg thing, uh, it's coming out of, there's there's somebody, some guy coming out of, uh, I don't even know what country it is. Uh, he, he's been talking a lot about this, and it's all over the internet. And he's saying that this thing has like an 88% kill rate, uh, but that they're going to market it that way as a scare to push people into their homes. They won't need to require lockdowns. People will be running for their lives because everybody will be dying, not telling people that this isn't actually a virus, but that this is a vac bacteria and that it can be treated with your standard antibiotics and virtually nobody would die. What do you know about this? Well, okay, yes, Marburg e. and Ebola are both made with the E. coli bacteria. And what they are doing is they are, it is so disgusting. They're using funguses and um, other bacteria, plasmids. What they're doing is they are genetically modifying a chimpanzee with human. They're making a cross, a clone species. And then they take the, they take the, they, they, I don't know, they infect it with something, make it sick. And then they take the decaying and rotting flesh tissue from this monstrosity and it's, it's a hodgepodge of these things. There are no viruses whatsoever. They just call it that as a diversion to divert our attention from the reality that this is made with bacteria, and especially E. coli, which is deadly to 36% of people who are exposed to it. So they are deleting genes. They are deleting people's intelligence. They are deleting our own body's defense to repair itself. And also, the deletion of these genes, it affects the moisture-producing glands of your body, which leads to coagulation and blood clotting. This is how they're doing it. It's from gene deletion. Первый ряд по 0,5 сантиметров, второй ряд между этими насечками, также охватываем все поле, ставим банку, делаем три и ждем минут 7-5. Um, it also alters the cell signal signaling pathways and, of course, suppresses the immune system. And then people will have chronic re respiratory and COVID-like symptoms. Um, the loss of these genes also induces Epstein-Barr, which is the number one listed side effect of vaccine injury in children. So Big Pharma is claiming openly and publicly 
these biotech firms are saying that, they, that they're immunizing against Ebola. That's in the patents. They're immunizing against Marburg. But what they are doing is they are infecting people. They are transfecting people's cells so that their own cells will continuously reproduce this pathogen, this deadly pathogen, and make them contagious to others. If this is in and the Johnson so & Johnson shots, is there any reason to believe that it's not in the Moderna or in the Pfizer? Exactly. I mean, I'm going to keep researching this, but um, they're using the same base plasmids, putrid plasmids like E. coli in all of these vaccines. There's no virus in any of them in, in what I've researched. So they're not immunizing against anything. This is the big lie. They are producing infection and they are making people contagious to each other. And and also the U.S. government, they've been testing this technology since the 1950s. They have been using the adenovirus four, five, and seven vectors since 1950 and testing it on U.S. military troops. With the, It has an HIV encoding envelope, which is the CLAID C1086. That is nanotechnology. This is nothing new under the sun. I don't know where they got the technology from, but it's been going on for a long time. Happy Veterans Day. Indeed. Happy Veterans Day. Wow, folks. <laughs> wow. Okay, so it's deleting genes that allow the cells to fix their DNA. Um, they're causing the cells to self-suicide. They can't pre repair themselves. Um, 50%, um, no, 5% a week and deleting the... Um, the person's immunity, so to speak. And she said that uh, by the January of 2022, it'll be in full effect. And that was Dr. Tenpenny. Um, it said Dr. T on there, but she's Dr. Tenpenny. It's leading to chronic illnesses. Um, that would they say um, chest things, um, cancers, autoimmune diseases, nerve problems. The whole nine yards it's you know if you were to look at the um side effects of a nerve agent you would read the same side effects or close to it that uh you get from the COVID 19 vaccine okay but the fact that and she mentioned it and he mentioned it that it is not a virus she said they call it a virus to get everybody scared but it's not a virus, okay? More proof. All right. So now we're going to listen to a video. How you like? I said that like Rush Limbaugh. A video um, in, lieu, in lieu of discussion here because, um, I don't know, I, I don't feel like I have anything smart to add right now. <laughs> but um, I, I do know that what they're doing is criminal. That is smart. Um knowing that and seeing that in that um, it violates everything that's good and decent about humanity and that it violates all 10 of the Nuremberg medical codes so, so yeah talk about lack of informed consent right informed consent's getting to be a thing of the past folks it really is now they can probably do anything they want to to you without conform, informed consent alright and that's why people like you and me we have to, we go to see the doctor and they want to do any kind of procedure. Okay, you're going to sit down with me for as long as it takes for me to understand. And you're going to talk about what you're going to do to me so that I understand what you're doing. And then after you explain it to me, if I think that there's a danger to it, I'm going to say no. So we've got to go in and do that, folks. That's got to be a criteria of our getting a procedure done. Anything where they cut open a body or they use some kind of agent on your body <laughs> it could be tramcinolone cream ask what it does to your skin what it does to your body it's pretty innocuous but you know long-term use of any steroid is not a good idea um yeah anything new medications ask and don't take them until they give you a satisfactory answer okay um you know it's it's really weird um it's funny i said i wasn't going to say anything um Back in 2008, I was taking a flight out of the country. I went uh, to Mexico, and um, 
as I was flying, it was a it was a red eye flight. We left at midnight because um, that's the only flight you get to Mexico from Sacramento. And um, they flew you into Guadalajara, and then they checked your customs there, and then they t- took you to Mexico City or wherever it is you were going in Mexico. It's kind of a good idea, actually, if you think about it. But um, as we were flying along, probably toward the part where we were in um, probably Southern California airspace, maybe Northern Mexican airspace, I started to notice that there were streaks of clouds that were to my to our left. I was on the left side of the plane. And I went, what the heck are those? You know, because they were continuous and they just kept going and going and going. They were streaks. They weren't clouds. And I reasoned, and rightfully so, that they were chemtrails. <laughs> now, you're probably going, oh, yeah, chemtrails. Here he goes. He's going off of some weird tangent again. Well, they're real. And Biden knows they're real. He even said that. And... Um, and Obama said they're real too. So, um, not that I take the testimony of those two clowns very seriously, but when they're talking about something like this, I, you know, they they would have a lot of harm coming to them if they revealed something that they uh, the at least didn't want us to know. Anyway, um, so we're flying through these, and I was like, this isn't good, you know. And so we got to Mexico City, and I had a cough. I had bronchitis, immediate bronchitis, the minute I hit Mexico City. And it wasn't because of the pollution, because there was none that day. It was clear as a bell. Um, But it got progressively worse. And I was there for, what, two and a half, three weeks? It was a long time, maybe two weeks. And... um, it was so bad that when I got back on the plane, I thought people were, you know, <laughs> had there been COVID back then, they would have kept me off the plane. That's how bad it was. I mean, it was constant coughing. And um, then I got back, and it took probably about three months for me to get it even a little better, okay? So I, I thought to myself, well, you know, maybe the agent that was in the air there got into the plane. People were telling, oh, no, you know, they, they recycle the air. They don't take air in from the outside, which is a bold-faced lie, because they do. Um, if they if they just recircled the air, everybody, by the time they landed after a five-hour flight, would be dead because of carbon monoxide poisoning. So they do take in um, air from the outside. I read that and researched it. So while they're flying through this chemtrail, they were spreading all these, whatever it is, aluminum, barium, zinc, uh, whatever, uh, maybe some biological um, entities and whatever it was in that cloud of crap, but um, throughout the plane, and I would imagine that there were other people that got as probably as bad as I did. And Jim Wilhelmson had the same thing, riding his Harley down in um, near Roswell when um, a chemtrail actually came down to the ground and he breathed some of it in. So um, since then, I've had kind of like a chronic lung thing and. Boy, I get around anybody that's got a cold, man. It goes right down in my lungs, and usually for a long time. Anyway, um, so if they've been spraying that garbage in the air, it's it's quite possible that they've been spraying the um, COVID-19 stuff in the air, too. So, okay, I'm going to um, start this video, and then I'm going to take a quick break and come right back, okay? So here we go with these three gentlemen who are going to enlighten you. Yeah, sure. Um, been in the morbidity, mortality business for a long time. Practiced international law around the world, including living and working in two communist countries and undoing the Soviet model economy. Um, I understand who the players are in this genocide. I've done business with uh, all of them, including the WHO. Um, and when the Secretary of Defense illegally mandated the shots, he doesn't have the power to do that. I realized what this was all about. And I filed suit against them uh, and raised a lot of issues, including the fact that everybody that's getting these shots are, are number one, exploratory laboratory animals. Right? They're just test beds. And then number two, if you got the shots, the odds are, according to U.S. law, that you are owned by the patent holders. You're a new species called homoborgenesis, and you are owned. That's the nature of what our case says today. One of the advantages of suing the DOD um, with this many 
service members that are upset about the mandates is we've ended up with about 500,000 whistleblowers who have provided us a whole lot of really good information. So everything you said is well supported in documents that we have, um, testimony that we have, and expert uh, witnesses. So in recent times, I had sent you a number of documents that, that actually support what you said. And our biggest concern, the reason Doc uh, Chambers and I are here today is uh, we work as a team to understand both the science and the legal ramifications. And what I wanted to impart to you is under 42 CFR Part 70 and 71, that's the enabling statute for Health and Human Services to assume power in the, upon the declaration of a public health emergency. They've already done that, as you indicated, uh, with the COVID crisis. That is, uh, has resulted in the suspension of our Constitution. It's already happened. The next one is coming. In that statute, you will see that Marburg is already uh, identified. You will note that the PREP Act has a Marburg provision that allows for uh, additional spending when invoked. The uh, Health and Human Services has already invoked the Marburg provision, meaning they've already parted ways with money and spent it under the HHS enabling statute to build quarantine camps, amongst other things. Throughout the United States, we, inter we interrupted two, one of which was in Cochise County, Arizona, where they were going to build a $1.9 million facility that houses the, the now merged four branches under HHS. The judiciary, law enforcement, corrections, and public health are now all one in the same, and they're all housed in the same facility. So all of these quarantine centers are there. The, we understand that there could have been a Marburg release that Dr. Chambers will get into. We think that one has already happened. We know that Marburg is not particularly contagious, but it has an extraordinarily high rate um, of fatality. And we know the mechanism by which this will be released. And that is inside of these shots that people already received, inside the lipid nanoparticles, the hydrogel, there exists pathogens inside of the particles that have not yet opened. Those pathogens are chimeric. They include E. coli Marburg, Ebola staphylococcus, and brewer's yeast, amongst others. We know that upon the broadcast from the 5G system that is now employed across the United States and the world, for that matter, um, when they broadcast an 18 gigahertz signal uh, for one minute, three different times as a pulse, it will cause those lipid nanoparticles to swell and release these pathogenic contents, thereby causing a Marburg epidemic that they've already spent the money on. They've already, it's already done, right? The Marburg epidemic for purposes of the law has happened, and now we just need the actual uh, disaster to happen. And, and there's actually worse parts to it than that, including the 1P36 gene deletion that effectively will turn those poor people into zombies. As odd as that sounds, our government's preparing for that. But the FEMA have already put out zombie commercials uh, and yep. CONOPS on that, correct? That's correct. If you look at CONPLAN 8888, STRATCOM put that out in 2011. On page two, they say, oh, this is just for examples, just for demonstration. You know, don't, don't worry about it so we don't offend other countries. The problem with that is you look through that CONPLAN, it's all about five different types of zombies. There isn't anything in there about opposition forces. There isn't anything about winning political battles or counterinsurgencies. It is only about a zombie apocalypse defending it. And you will see that every NIMS-compliant practically agency, or, or whether that's state, uh, local, or federal, has already had their zombie apocalypse preparedness training. They've already done their practice. The CDC has had a zombie apocalypse preparedness website up for the last five years. Now they've reduced it to a PDF cartoon. Even in the Amazon Web Services contract, the force majeure clause, I believe it's Article 41, states that we're not liable for damages in case there's a zombie apocalypse. This is coming, folks. And, and the serious adverse event report, Pfizer put out post-marketing. They, they had put out as part of a FOIA. The number one serious adverse event was the 1P36 gene deletion. You look up the symptomology for that, it is the elimination of the frontal cortex and a propensity to bite. What's very odd about this is this was the symptom post-vaccination. That disease is a congenital disease. It means you're born with it. So how is it then possible that this is the number one serious adverse event from the Pfizer shots? It's here, folks. And then you've got Dr. Chambers here to tell you I'm not just a raving lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. The, you, these are both very um, serious uh, credentialed uh, folks uh, and patriots in their fields. Uh, I just met Doc Chambers, but just hearing his military resume impresses me. Uh, and I've, Todd and I have known each other for quite some time. So, and I also now work in um, 
corporate competitive biotech intelligence only for the grid guys. That's my company is GridX, which is genetics, robotics, information, nanotechnology. Don't talk about that much, but it's very, but so I have some understanding of what's going on here. And so the lipid fat is what encases the delivery and then it is activated and released by pulsing uh, the 18 gigahertz. Is that correct, Todd? Yeah, that's exactly right. Think, think of the lipid nanoparticles as little bummers. And what happened is the, the various manufacturers of these shots included three separate HIV proteins in each of them, including the AD5 adjuvant. The reason for that was to disable, to disarm people's immune systems so that those little fat bombers could go inside of the cell and deliver their payloads in order to reprogram the, the person's body to produce synthetic DNA. In this case, they call it S-proteins. When they turn that Marburg switch on, it will be M-proteins, and it will cause people to produce the Marburg pathogen themselves. That first and foremost, from a, from a documentary point of view and self-legal help, VaxChoice, V-A-X-Choice.com. There's a full repository of everything that we're talking about is there and other things. Um, Self-help legal documents, and if you sign up, you can get a daily update. There's no donation button. There's no nothing. We just put this out for people's benefit. Separately, there's truthforhealth.org. Dr. Uh, Lee Vliet is in charge of that, and she's put out a Marburg fact sheet along with some things that we can do to try and stop what's coming or at least prevent it. Just like the COVID situation, there are medications that Dr. Chambers can talk about. There are therapeutics. Of course, the CDC got rid of those therapeutics and its advisory um, saying only thing you know that they, you can do to treat Marburg is, uh, is a vaccine. There's one actually already prepared for this. I think it's getting its emergency use authorization right now, which also tells us this is gonna happen. Secondarily, yesterday we got uh, information from a source, from a whistleblower, showing us that they are now training people on urban collection, isolation, and detention uh, in reference to a public health emergency. So they're now training it. This, this training happens next week in South Carolina, once again in July. I'm sure that this is happening in more than one place. The United Nations has already hired uh, people, specialists in quarantining uh, that is on their payroll. That happened last year. I haven't seen if they've done it more recently. My point in telling you this, folks, is that, that we have tools to not fall for this again. There are therapeutic, therapeutic drugs that are available. Um, I think one of them is called Fenben in the 444 um, milligrams. And then uh, I understand from talking to doctors in Africa that have treated this that ozone, either IV or insufflated, also tends to, to work. Um, so I, I also have one whistleblower inside of FEMA who said that the, the plan is to scare the hell out of everybody and scare them into going to the quarantine centers because they don't think they can collect everybody by themselves. That um, the, the doors will be open. And then, of course, in there, you will get your mandatory shot because you came in voluntarily. So what we'd like to do is, is help people understand don't run to the FEMA camps because you're going to get one of these shots just like the COVID ones. Uh, and number two, you can treat this yourself. There's preparation you can do. And if we get the word out sufficiently, I think we can stop this like we did in Cochise County and like um, another lawyer friend of mine, Jamie Shear, did in New York. We got to get the word out. We got to stop this. Top of that, so yes, it's very insightful. Secondary to that is that upon the invocation of these emergency powers, which are now permanent, by the way, in all 50 states, there is never again going to be a constitution, and all of that power is being ceded in the WHO. Now by contract. It was by charter. Now it's by contract. So this is your one world government all being created at one time with this particular emergency. Your rights as a human being are gone, by the way. There are two UN conventions, the International Convention on Civil and Political Rights and the International Convention on Human Rights that says they cannot force you to do medical experiments. Guess what? Those don't count anymore. Your constitution doesn't count anymore. We're in a position where we, the people, right, at a county level, and Dr. Chambers will talk about this, we take back our country from our own traitors in government or we're done. We're done as a species. My, my biggest issue is this. The, the next one, the next shooter drop is coming, and then they will cause 30 million people to pour across our borders. Most of those will be enemy occupiers. Some are already housed on our military reservations. As our military members are falling out because they were forced to get these shots, others are prepared to walk in and take over. The law of war states 
that when alien occupiers take over substantial government functions, your nation is dead. That is happening as we speak right now. And we've got to take our country back now or it's never. Well, thank you so much, uh, Todd. And I'll probably have you guys both back on my cast next week or the week after that if you're available. This is really important. Uh, I'm going to ask uh, Mike Adams and Bob Denny and, at Brighton TV to write articles about this and get this out. Uh, it's really important, and uh, thanks. Uh, and again, your website is both of them. Uh, uh, so Vax Choice, V-A-X-Choice.com, and Truth for Health. That's not a foreign there. Truth, F-O-R-H-E-A-L-T-H.org. Thank you, Jeffrey. I appreciate you having me. Well, that was pretty interesting, huh, folks? <laughs> it's already been manipulated, already been planned out. So if you walk away with nothing else, walk away with those two websites, factchoice.com, that's V-A-X-X-C-H-O-I-C-E.com, and truthforhealth.org, and read up some more on this. But um, I, I kind of... Um, you know, if I didn't know better, I would take the whole um, zombie thing with a grain of salt and a little chuckle. But um, if they do have a pathogen that goes in and destroys a certain part of the brain, that would, um, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. There was a um, video out not too long ago, um, supposedly, of Bill Gates uh, talking to the CIA or was it the FBI? I can't remember about um, the ability to go into a person's brain and destroy the part of the brain that that um, craves uh, or religion, that accepts religion and, and things like that. And um, if he could do that, that was an older video too, so if they could do that that far back. Man, and that one gal before was talking about this, been doing this since back in the 50s. My goodness. No wonder we're such an unhealthy generation. Those of us, those of us that are born baby boomers um, at the late fifties and sixties and stuff like that. So, um, and I'm going to look up the EUA for um, for the Marburg vax. Um, if it if it's available, I, I want to get that out there. But um, anyway, yeah, you, you know, just last week they were talking about all the. Uh, transplants from down South America and other places that are in the military bases you know that's all they got to do is riot take over the munitions dump and you know that's that but um, sad state of affairs and make make uh, note of how he said that if if they get away with this it's an end of our species <laughs> he didn't say the end of the United States he didn't say um, the end of Western culture, he said the end of our species. That should be concerning. They're they're culling humanity. And where did they get the uh the technology from back in the fifties? Well <laughs> uh fallen angels in the guise of aliens. Yeah, I do believe that. Um it talks about uh you read uh, the book of Enoch and uh, I think it's Jasher talks about uh, an incursion of fallen angels during the time before the flood, how they brought technology to mankind. Granted, that technology was different than we're talking about today, but still they taught mankind to do things that, well, for lack of better words, pissed off God. Okay? And uh, what what's going to upset him more than um, the destroying the species or trying to de destroy the species that was made in his image? Okay, so anyway, just a lot of food to think about, a lot of food for thought, a lot of uh, stuff on the plate right now. So don't gouge, gorge yourself. Don't gouge. <laughs> don't gorge yourself right away. You know, a little at a time, a little at a time. All right. All right, now this third one we're going to watch is this guy that we saw at the beginning of the other one, but I think it's a longer video of him talking about things, okay? And then we'll go with Professor Cahill. <laughs> So here we go. Hi, my name is Kira Morrissey. I'm a 61-year-old engineer, and I've worked for the past 22 years in a major academic teaching hospital in Dublin, where I have gained extensive knowledge of the operation of the Irish healthcare system.
My family have never been anti-vax or anti-conventional medicine. We've always visited the GP with our illnesses. And All right, let's try it again. Hi, my name is Kira Morrissey. I'm a 61-year-old engineer, and I've worked for the past 22 years in a major academic... Hello. Third time's the charm, they say, right? Hi, my name is Kira Morrissey. I'm a 61-year-old engineer, and I've worked for the past 22 years in a major academic teaching hospital in Dublin where I have gained extensive knowledge. Hi, my name is Kira Morrissey. I'm a 61-year-old engineer, and I've worked for the past... This kind of petered out on us, so let's go down to Dr. Cahill and see what she has to say. Well, that leads on to the next question. What is fake? The virus, the test, the treatment? Could you address that, please, as, 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 you, as you wish? What? So I suppose the thing is we have beautiful immune systems, and this is the ninth pan or eighth pandemic, right? The next one that's coming, they're going to call Marburg, which is a type of Ebola, which I talked about last year in their agenda of having multiple pandemics. Um, and so what it will be, it could be that the symptoms of the booster or the next influenza vaccination will give bleeding, like you say, and uh, the Marburg virus uh, causes hemorrhagic fever, which is bleeding, and that they will then, they have another PCR test developed by Bill Gates, and they have another so-called vaccine, but the vaccine contains aluminium, which is a neurotoxin, and ricin, R-I-C-I-N, which is one of the top five most toxic things on the planet. Okay, and that is the vaccine allegedly for Marburg, which may be the next one. And so what we have to see is a lot of the adverse events they are labeling as the disease. And that's how this mechanism works. But in the previous ones, like in swine flu or in coronavirus, it turns out, as um, Dr. Mar Warburg said, who uncovered uh, the um, swine flu you know, pandemic was entirely... Uh, not based on any on any facts and the PCR test and the exact mechanism was not working. He said then in 2009, it was the biggest scandal in history. So I think what people need to be aware of is that we have an immune system. So, and if people are given the information of nutrition, vitamin D, C and zinc, they will work for many of these, if not all of these so-called infections mm -hmm. and that hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin will work for any RNA. Uh, virus in the presence of zinc. So the thing is, these viruses may exist, but they're not deadly. That's mm -hmm. the thing. And, and everybody can protect themselves through their own immune system, through good nutrition and through doctors giving everything, giving the proper prevention and treatment, hydroxychloroquine, vitamin D, avamectin, and zinc. So um, if these viruses exist, they don't, nobody needs die uh, if they get the right treatment. So I think there is another one coming, which is Marburg. And it may be that they now know people have well woken up to COVID-19. The WHO is on track to declare another pandemic. And then if the governments with this, you know, overt too much police power and the police, if everybody look around, they're all dressed the same across the world, essentially mm -hmm. as Robocops. And they're using the masks so that the police can hide their faces so that they won't be accountable, but that they're going to try and enforce these lockdowns. So we really have to continue on with the various court cases and build the momentum for people speaking out, because otherwise they really will be pushing on injecting people. And if they've had multiple injections previously in their lives for influenza and COVID-19, get a booster, influenza and Marburg, then those people will, you know, most of those people, their life expectancy will be drastically re reduced and there's are even chronically so ill that there's no going back. And I think people will be entirely shocked around the world for what could happen in you know the next six months, year, two years. That leads to that question. Is that how do we deal with those who have been vaxxed uh, and refuse to consider that they may have made a mistake or they may require corrective action? I mean... How, how do we to the people that? that have been vaxxed to detoxify them? Yeah. Are you there, Professor Carl? I think we've lost Professor... Are you there, Professor Carl? 
Peter. I'm back. Great, thank you. Yeah, uh, how do we deal with those who have been vaxxed and refuse to consider and the psychological aspect Ms. Neil and Cook will deal with, yes. but on, yes. a physical, on the physical aspect, uh, how do we deal with those who may have made a mistake or they believe they've made a mistake or require corrective action? What do we do from a medical perspective, please? So I suppose, again, when I came out in May 2020 publicly, I said that, you know, it's really important people do not get the uh, spike protein because the immune system remembers things for their entire lives. And this mRNA makes people into a genetically modified organism uh, so that in theory, the mRNA can be expressed for all of their lives. And we know there are other components in the injection, but it's very difficult to detoxify. Now, you know, we're not saying there's no hope, but um, you know, it would require, so I've been calling from the very beginning, uh, you know, 18 months ago that we needed a lawful repository of the vials to help detoxify people. And the governments and the pharmaceutical industries did not make any of those available and were really, uh, draconian measures were taken when people tried to lawfully ask for some of the vials. So the, we don't really have a systematic way of detoxifying people now. Um, so, and you know, the methods that worked for uh, SARS-CoV-2 or influenza-like illness may not work for the adverse events for what's in these vials. We also know there are some very toxic things in the vials that cause anaphylaxis like polyethylene glycol, polysorbate 80 and other components, you know, and one of them is described as a medical device uh, and there seems to be metallic components as well and uh, publications of graphene oxide which are all very difficult to detoxify, unfortunately. Okay. Thank you, Professor Carl. Well, there you go, folks. <laughs> you know, we were told, you and me, trust the science, trust the science. Well, yeah, but can you trust a scientist? <laughs> you know, plus things are a lot easier to trust when they're explained. Okay, and everybody that said trust the science never went out of their way to explain what's in this shot. Um, the how many people it was tested on, what their outcome was, um, the whole nine yards. And so we were supposed to trust the science like religious people trust their priest or their pastor or whatever, you know. Um, I trust Yahweh, okay? I trust Yahweh. Um, I trust the pastor as long as that pastor is following Yahweh and is, um, is on par with Scripture, okay? But one of the ways to tell if a pastor or a priest is doing that is the way they live their lives, okay? How they react in times of crisis, um, how they answer people that are in dire straits, things like that. You could tell a shepherd by the way he shepherds his sheep. Uh, Yeshua said you could tell a tree by the fruit it produces. If it produces bad fruit, it's a bad tree. A good tree produces good fruit. You might say no duh to that, but <laughs> evidently a lot of people don't catch it. They don't figure it out. They don't realize, you know. And so trust the science, yeah. There used to be a, um, a statue back in the 60s, late 60s, early 70s, and it was made out of this really weird hard gelatin kind of stuff and there were a bunch of statues like it and they had these little smart aleck quips on them and one of them said trust me and it was a guy in a raincoat <laughs> okay um and he had a, a rain hat on but he had to look on his face like you would never ever trust that person and it said trust me and that's the way i look at science you know trust me well prove to me that i can trust you all my life you've been trying to tell me that i descended from an animal that, you know, all this stuff with evolution, you've tried to tell me there's no God and everything else, but then you want me to trust you for a vaccine. Sorry, it's not going to work. 
You tried to want me to trust you when you said that we were going to have an ice age. Never had an ice age. But we're supposed to forgive you for being wrong. Prophets, you guys that are scientific weather people are prophets. When you start coming out that there's there's global warming and there's global freezing or uh, uh, an ice age, that's a prediction. And prophets in the Old Testament got stoned when their predictions, predict, or predictions didn't come true. So maybe a few scientists should be stoned. <laughs> I could think of a few like Anthony Fauci and Al Gore. Um, to, to, to name the least, you know, at least. But um, now I don't want anybody going out and stoning Al Gore or Anthony F Fauci. Did I say Fauci to begin with? Okay, Fauci. Okay, I'm just using that as a metaphor. But um, no, sorry, I don't trust people that try to get me to turn against my God, against my country, um, against everything that's good. All right. I do not trust you. I will not trust you. So, folks, like they said in the last video before this one, do not go to the FEMA camps to get help when Marburg comes around. Yes, stay in your house. Stay safe. And you probably won't come down with it to begin with. Okay. Um, this whole COVID thing, I was going out like crazy uh, to the stores in the whole nine yards. A lot of times I wasn't wearing masks. Um, I did get sick with it, but it was because some kid showed up to visit grandkids, and he had it, and he was in close contact with a lot of people there. So, um, but we got over it, and that was it. So, um, yeah, get on those websites again: uh, vaxchoice.com, truthforhealth.org, and um, find out what you can do uh, if this thing starts going around the medications you can take, the precautions you can take, and stuff like that. So, But don't fall for government lies. They never tell you the truth anymore. Don't trust them. Um, anyway, with that having been said, we've been into the show for an hour and seven minutes now, and I'm kind of tired. Listen to all the videos that we could listen to. That one just didn't want to pan out, but um, such is life. So three out of four ain't bad, right? So, folks, um, I'll be back on uh, Thursday. Brian sends his best wishes. He wish he could be here, but his plate's quite full right now. So until that plate gets cleaned off, um, he probably won't be back for a little while anyway. So uh, just keep him in prayer. I'm not going to tell you what for, but an unspoken prayer for Brian. Okay. And uh, let's see what else. If you go to Give, Send, Go, you can donate money to this show. Look for opposing a matrix. And, uh, well, that's all I'm going to say about that. I'm not going to browbeat you. Having, coming from, having come from churches where every sermon was about giving, I, I find it hard to get up here and say anything. I really do. Um, but if there is a need, and if the need's met, that's great. If not, he'll meet it somehow, right? He mean Yahweh. Um, Okay, folks, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to rise, up, to rise upon you and be gracious unto you. May he watch your going out, your coming in, your rising up, and your lying down. May he bring you the peace that passes all understanding, and may he just bless you out of your socks this whole year. May, two, may 2023 be a year of victory for you, me, and everybody that we know. In Yeshua's holy name, amen and amen. <laughs> Good night, good folks. See you Thursday.